Hey, Shabbat Shalom, everybody. Welcome, everybody, here. Um, it's a little louder than usual. That was beautiful, brother. Thank you so much. Love it. Amen. Um, I was actually touched by that. <laughs> beautiful. Um, you know, in these days right now, uh, you know, I'm, I'm amazed by, you know, men, um, and women in the Bible. And, you know, women from, that can stay at the wall every single day and night, praying. <laughs> I am amazed by men that can sit on their side for 365 days because God told them to. I am amazed by the life of people fasting 40 days, 40 nights, going without water, without food. The amazing things these souls have done. I'm just amazed of these men, of how God can touch the lives of so many. And how God can put his burden on some of us. That we feel such a burden that we have, we have nowhere else to go. Except to burn our flesh and live in the spirit. Many are having a sense right now of, am I ready? We can all wonder that. But the question remains, are we truly ready? It's not a matter of, I know God, I have him in my heart. I know I'm ready. I don't think any of us here are ready. But God is preparing us right now for his coming. In the days ahead, we're going to have to know our God. It's not enough to just rely on somebody to tell you, I, I know God. If you don't know him alone, if you're not in that shut-in with him, as if Elijah shut-in in the cave, traveling 40 days without food and water, like Moses going on top of a mountain, hearing his voice 40 days and nights. Yeshua went to the desert 40 days, and he knew God. He heard his voice, tempted with everything that we can see in this life, money, success, power, fame. These are the things that he was tempted with. The word was twisted in Deuteronomy, but yet he continued the same path. He overcame it because he knew the word of God and didn't rely on his emotions. Emotions and feelings. He says, hearts will fail him for fear of what's coming upon the earth. And they will. It will fail us. Um, let's go here. Brother, you may shut it off, please. Um, Look at what he says here in Revelation 21.8. He says right here, but the cowardly and the faithless and the detestable and the murderers and the sexually immoral and the sorcerers and the idolaters and all the liars are li is in the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Look what he's saying, the cowardly. The cowardly. It's showing a lack of courage. It's co uh, no confidence. It's easily frightened. 
It's a person who lacks courage to endure dangerous or unpleasant things and fearful is feeling a fear of anxiety. They're fearful in feelings of fear and anxiety. Idolaters. It's worshiping man-made idols or objects or imaginary false gods. It's food sacrificed to idols or any worship or participation with the heathen or a covetous man. Love and pursuit of mammon, money in the world. It's not just physical idols. It's things that is spiritual. It's of, an idol of the hand is the same as an idol of a mind. A sorcerer, it's drugs, magic arts, witchcraft, new age. And it can be pharmacia, which can be exactly what a lot of people are taking. I mean, I'm not saying just medicine, guys. We're trusting in a shot to save us. Whoremongers, the prostitutes, lust for hire, the unlawful and sexual intercourse, it's homosexuality. They will not enter the kingdom unless you repent. The unbelieving, the faithless or untrusting, not believing in the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, not believing in his word. If you can, if you can read Genesis 1-1 and you don't believe that, then there's nothing to stand on. You can't read the rest. Let's go to Genesis 19, 12 through 27. We're not going to have slides again today. It just flows better. Um, Genesis 19, 12 through 27. Uh, look what he says. Then the man said to Lot, who else is related to you is still there. That's the angel. A son-in-law, your sons and your daughters, whoever else is related to you in the city, bring them out of the place. For we are about to destroy this place because of their outcry has become so great before Adonai. Because Adonai has sent us to destroy it. So Lot went out and spoke to his sons-in-law who were going to marry his daughters. Get up, he said. Get out of this place. For Adonai is about to destroy the city. But in the eyes of the sons-in-law, he was like a joker. Why do you think he was joking? So when morning dawned, the angels rushed Lot, saying, Get up! He still kept sleeping. Take your wife and your two daughters who are here, or else you'll be swept away in the city's iniquity. But he hesitated. So the men grabbed his hand, his wife's hand, and his two daughters' hands because of Adonai's compassion for him. Look at his compassion. Why do you have compassion on Lot and his daughters? Because of Adonai's compassion for him. And they brought him out and left outside the city. God will have compassion on you. But he's looking for those. What do you, what do you say in Peter? He was grieved. He was burdened by the detestable things that was going on in Sodom and Gomorrah. He cried out. When they brought them outside, one said, flee for your life. Do not look behind you and do not stop anywhere in the surrounding area. Escape to the hills or else you will be swept away. But Lot said to them, no, my Lord, please look. Please, your servant has found favor in your eyes and you have magnified your merciful loyalty, which you have shown me by letting me live. But I can't escape to the hill country for the disaster will overtake me 
and I'll die. How many is like that? I can't leave my life right now. Because if I do leave my life, I leave this world, I may not be able to live. Look, please, this, this city is close enough to flee there. And it's little. Please let me escape there. Isn't it small? And let me live. So he said to him, behold, I will grant your request concerning this matter too. Not to demolish the city of which you have spoken. There's that compassion. Hurry. Flee to the safety there because I cannot do anything until you arrive there. Guys, he says, don't touch the trees until you have sealed the servants in your foreheads. <laughs> this is why the town is named Zor. The moment the sun rose upon the land, Lot entered Zor. And Adonai rained down sulfur and fire upon Sodom and Gomorrah. From Adonai out of the sky, so he demolished these cities and the whole surrounding area, all the inhabitants of the cities and the vegetation of the ground. But his wife looked behind him and turned into a pillar of salt. Why? There's something that was in her heart she was missing. He said to keep running and don't look back. And some of us right now, we can be tempted to look back. We can be tempted to look back at the world. We can be tempted to look back at sin. Be tempted to look back at that love is something in this life. But we can't look backwards. We'll become salt. Now Abraham rose early in the morning to the place where he stood before Adonai. And he looked through the whole land and he seen it was a fire and a furnace and smoke. What do you think that represents? He just said it. Their lot is the lake that burns with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. It says in Revelation 12, 9, that the devil deceived the whole world. Yet in Revelation 12, 11, it says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives even in the face of death. Revelation 13, 5 through 10. The beast was given a mouth uttering great boasts and blasphemies. It was given authority to act for 42 months. Then he opened his mouth with blasphemies against God. What do you think that is? It's the covenants. That's what's going on in Daniel, the covenants. Blasphemies. And what was, his, what was, what was he doing? It was strongholds. It was idols of strongholds, buildings, money, business, power. Look what he says. Blasphemies against God to slander his name and his tabernacle. That is those dwelling in heaven. He was also permitted to make war against the Kedoshim, the righteous, and overcome them. And he was given authority over every tribe and people and tongue and nation. All who dwell on the earth shall worship him. Why does it say all? Guys, it's going to be a lonely road. It's going to be a lonely road. But look what he says. Everyone whose name has not been written from the foundation of the world in the book of the life of the lamb who was slain. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. If anyone is met for captivity, to captivity he goes. If anyone is to be killed by the sword, by the sword he must be killed. Here's the perseverance and faith of the Kedoshi. In Revelation 17, look what he says. 1 through 15. Look what he says. Then one of the seven angels holding the seven bowls 
and spoke to me with saying, Come, I will show you sentencing of the great prostitute who sits on the many waters. The earth's kings committed sexual immorality with her. And those who dwell on the earth got drunk with the wine of her immorality. So he carried me away in the rock, the spirit, into the wilderness, to a wilderness. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast that was full of blasphemous names and had seven heads and ten horns. You guys, these are the kingdoms. These are the kingdoms. The, 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 the prostitute was sitting on the back of the beast. Why? It's controlling the entire world. Anything that causes you to fall astray from God, that's what he's saying. The prostitute. It's causing you to prostitute. What he's saying, Ezekiel, you have a scarlet. You have a, a, a harlot's forehead. What do you think he's saying? The priests would have righteous unto the Lord on their foreheads before entering the t- tabernacle. But what he's saying, you have a harlot's forehead. Look what he's saying. The woman was clothed in purple and scarlet and adorned with gold and precious stones and pearls. She was holding a golden cup. This is Daniel, guys. I'm going to show, I'm going to show you in a minute. In her hand, full of detestable things and filth of her immorality, on her forehead was written a name, a mystery, Babylon the Great, and the mother of prostitutes and the detestable things of the earth. And I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the Kedoshim, the righteous. And with the blood of the witness of Yeshua, we have to be careful, guys. When I saw her, I was totally astounded. Look at John was astounded. Look at that. But the angel said to me, why are you astonished? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and the beast that carries her, which is the seven heads and ten hordes, the beast that you saw and is not, and is yet to about to rise up of the abyss is head for destruction. Those who dwell on the earth whose name has not been written in the book of life from the foundation of the world, will be astonished when they see the beast because he was and is not and is to come. Remember, he said the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work. The first century, how much worse today? It'll be worse than the days of Noah. Worse. Guys, we don't have sex under green trees, so some people do. Now we just do it on the phones. Watching porn. Any lust that we can bring up in our minds is everything that's online. We don't have to go to a foreign nation to find it. It's right in your home. Look what he says. This calls for a mind of wisdom. The seven heads are the seven mountains on which the woman is seated. Don't get into debates of where this is. Guys, it's just the world. It's all, all beliefs in the one. They're also, it's everything that's compromising the faith, God, the, guys. The true foundation, the true faith in his word, the true covenant. That's why he speaks blasphemies against it. He says, five have fallen, one is, and the other is yet to come. Look, he's already showing. The harlot is on all these kingdoms, these nations, the ones that came, wars before, and it is to come. The beast that it was and is not, he himself is the eighth and is the one of the seven is heading for destruction. The ten horns that you saw are the ten kings who have not yet received royal power, but received authority as kings and with the beast for one hour. These kings are of one mind, and they give their power and authority to the beast. They will make war against the lamb, and the lamb will overcome them. Look, now, why is the lamb overcoming them? Because God's people are now obviously leaving the world. He says, come out of order, my people, unless you partake in your plagues. What do you think? He told Lot to come out of her. 
We cannot keep our hearts and minds in this world. Look what he says. Because the Lord, he is the Lord of Lord and King of Kings, and those with him are called and chosen and faithful. Chosen and faithful. Those are key words right there. Chosen and faithful. Then he tells me the waters that you saw are the prostitute is seated, are the peoples, look, look at here, and multitudes and nations and tongues. That's the entire world. Every, it's, we're sitting upon waters. Every nation is surrounded by water. At least every single continent, the seven continents. Let's move along now. Revelation 18, two through three, look what he says. Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a den for demons, a haunt for every unclean spirit, for every unclean bird, and for every unclean and detestable beast. For all the nations have drunk of the wine and fury of her immorality. That's what he's saying. And the kings of the earth have committed sexual immorality with her. And the merchants of the earth grew rich off the power for self-indulgence. What do you think the Great Reset is for? What do you think capitalism, guys? It's not just capitalism. It's every uh, political movement in the world. We have become corporatist society. It's ruling over the people. He says, don't sell your field. Everybody's selling their field for a profit. Why do you sell not to say he's not to sell your field in, in uh, the Torah? Why? Because the enemies will take over. Next thing you know, I have corporations planting big buildings on and they'll rule over you. This is what, and we can't see the judgment coming. Look all around, everybody's drunk. Self-indulgence. The power of self-indulgence is not the power of God, but self-indulgence. Revelation 18.4, come out of her, my people, lest you partake, participate in her sins and receive her plagues. Guys, why is he telling people this is not the church because they've been left behind? No, he's saying that this is what he's saying. Come out of her right now. Lest you partake of, participate in her sins and receive her plagues. Remember, the people in Exodus, the Israelites were still there. They were still there. Going through the judge, the, the wrath was there, but the wrath did not touch them. But they're still going through it all. Look what he says, Jeremiah 3.3. 3. Therefore, the showers have been withheld, and there is no later rain. You have had a heartless forehead, and you refuse to be ashamed. I said it, I said it earlier. Look what he's saying, Jeremiah. I'm sorry, I said Ezekiel earlier. Jeremiah. But he did say in Ezekiel earlier. Look what he says, but you have refused to be ashamed. Be brought low. Humble yourself. And why do you think Lot was delivered? Just that. We're so busy looking for something physical, but don't realize the spiritual condition. What is the seal of God and the mark of the beast? Come on, guys. It's spiritual long before it's physical. Jeremiah 3, 6 through 7, look what he says. The Lord said also to me in the days of Josiah the king, have you seen what backsliding Israel has done? She has gone up to every high mountain and under every green tree, and there played the harlot. And I said, after she has done all these things, return to me. But she did not return. Now in verse 2 of 2 Kings 22, Josiah did what was right in the eyes of Adonai and walked in all the ways of his father David and turned not aside to the right or to the left. 
Look what he's saying. 2 Kings 22, 11 through 20. Look what he's saying. After the king heard the words, look at here. Remember, he's 18 years old. Eight when he became king. He's 18 years old. Say, but my kid's too young. You better tell him. Stop lying to him or the world will change him. Well, we can't talk about sex. Well, you better start talking about it. It's in the word. Anything we don't like, we just toss it out. That's why the churches won't talk about it today. It's too offensive. They won't come. Who cares if they don't come? Worry about the individuals, not the numbers. In fact, that's why God called the individuals out. He cared about the individuals. Save Noah. Save Lot. Why is he saving these individuals? Because he's seen something in their heart. A humility. They were ashamed of their sins. They were not proud and boastful. They're not haughty and loud. They're not eyes set on the world. Abraham left those, all the riches. Wait, he brought his belongings, but he left his home. People can't even leave their homes. We're sitting here hugging it. Because, well, I got I to gotta hold on. It's, it's an investment. I don't care about your investment. It got destroyed in Sodom and Gomorrah. You keep your eyes on the world, you're going to be destroyed. Leave. But my family's here. Do you think Abraham brought his whole family? Leave your families. Love them, respect them, but it's you got to follow God. You can't love God. You can't love these, this and hold on to it. You think Abraham sat there where he was? He left his home. He did not keep running back to his hometown. Keep moving forward. Don't look back. What is he saying? Look what he's saying. After the king heard the words of the Torah scroll, he tore his clothes. Why? Because the kings before Manasseh was one. He tore his clothes because they did not obey God. Then the king commanded, we hear the Torah and we're still not brought low. We're not tearing the garments of our hearts. Then the king commanded Hilkiah, the Kohen, Ahikim, son of Shaphan, Hekor, the son of Micaiah, Shaphan the scribe, and Isaiah, the king's servant, saying, Go, inquire of Adonai for me. For the people in all of, and for all Judah about the words of the scroll that was found. For the great is the wrath of Adonai that is kindled against us. Since our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book, do everything written here that concerns us. What are you saying? So Hilkiah the Kohen, Ahikam, Achbor, Shaphan, and Isaiah went to the Hoda, the prophetess. Look at here. The wife of Shalom, the son of Tigva, son of Harhas, keeper of the wardrobe. She was living in the second quarter of Jerusalem. That was in right by the, the temple, and spoke with her. She said to them, thus says Adonai, the God of Israel, tell the man that sent you to me, thus says Adonai, behold, I'm bringing disaster on this place. Look at here. I'm bringing disaster on this place and on its inhabitants, as in all the words of the scroll that the king of Judah read, for they have forsaken me and burned incense to other gods. Guys, it's your, it's your works. He says, let your body be a pleasing aroma. That's your instance. That's the, your life. 
They burn incense to other gods, and in order to provoke me with all their works of their hands, therefore my wrath has been kindled against this place, and it will not be quenched. Look at here. But the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of Adonai, thus will you say to him, Thus says Adonai, God of Israel, as for the words that you have heard, because your heart was softened and you humbled yourself before Adonai, when you heard what I spoke against this place and against its inhabitants, that they should become a desolation, a curse. And because you have turned your clothes and wept before me, I have heard you, declares Adonai. Do you see that? Guys, we're saying judgment's coming. People are like, nah. No. They're not humbling themselves, but they're full of Torah. They're full of knowledge. We got grace, so that's not going to happen. Meanwhile, they're watching TV, shouting at their sports games, stroking their money. Look what he says. Therefore, behold, I will gather you to your fathers, and you will be gathered to your grave in Shalom. God cares about the individual. So your eyes will not see all the disaster I'm bringing on this place. Look at that. He had mercy. Then they brought back the word to the king. Look at Josiah. This is beautiful. Let's go to 23, verse 23 of 2 Kings. Then the king sent for and granted, gathered all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem to him. And the king went to the, up, up to the house of Adonai. And all the men of Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem with him. And the Kohanim and the prophets, all the people, young and old. Guys, why are we having children's ministries and youth ministries and this and that? I get it if you have babies. But guys, we're separating. People should be sitting together. We have too many programs. Flashing lights, fog machines, programs here, youth, children's, singles, women's, men's. Why do we need all these ministries? There's one. They gathered as one. That's why we're falling astray, because we're trying to do it by inventions of man rather than God. And how is that working for us? One of the most rottenest nations, and it's crumbling. The Kohenim and the prophets, all the people, young and old, and, and he read in the hear, their hearings all the words of the book of the covenant, which was found in the house of Adonai. Guys, what do you think is going to bring people low? The law must always proceed before the, the gospel, always. Otherwise, you have no gospel. The law goes forth first. Once you hear, you're convicted. You humble yourself. You have a conscience that spirit convicts you. You're brought low and you repent from your sins. Then you receive the grace of God, the Holy Spirit and the sealing of a spirit. That is the truth. He'll seal you. But you got to keep walking, guys. Stay humble. And was found in the house of Adonai. They found in the house of Adonai. Then the king stood by the pillar and cut a covenant before Adonai to follow Adonai and keep his mitzvot. What are you saying? To keep his mitzvot, his laws, and his decrees with all their heart and soul in order to fulfill the words of the covenant that were written in the scroll. So all the people stood for the covenant. Then the king commanded Hilkiah and the Kohen Gadol and the Kohenim the high priest and the priest of the second order and the, and the doorkeepers to bring out the temple of Adonai and all the vessels made for Baal and Asherah and all the host of heaven. And he burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron. Look at here. And took their ashes to Bethel. 
He stopped the idolatrous priests whom the kings of Judah had ordained from burning incense on the high places in the towns of Judah and around Jerusalem, as well as those burning incense to bow, the sun, the moon, the constellations, and all the hosts of heaven. Guys, this is everything false. And they have ordained this. Then he brought out the Asherah pole and the house to Adonai to the Kidron Valley outside Jerusalem, burned it in the Kidron Valley, grounded the dust. What do you think it's a representation of? Sodom and Gomorrah. Grounded the dust and threw the dust over the graves of the common people. Then he tore down the quarters of the male cult prostitutes, homosexuals, that had been in the house of Adonai, where the woman had been weaving coverings for Asherah. Then he brought all the priests from the towns of Judah and defiled the high places where the priests had burned incense from Geba to Beersheba. He also broke down the high places and the gates that were at the entrance of the gates of Josiah, Joshua, I'm sorry. The city governor, which were one on one's left as one entered the city gate. Nevertheless, the priests at the high places did not go up to the altar of Adonai. They did not go up. Does that make sense? They did not go up. They did not go up to God. They did not humble themselves in Jerusalem. But they did eat matzo with the kinsmen. Next he defiled Topheth, which is in the Ben-Hinnom Valley, so that no one make his sons or daughter pass, daughters pass through the fire for Malek. We're just committing abortion. We're like, well, we got to love the abortionists, guys. You have compassion, okay? Have compassion, but even having the garments stained by their sins. Then he did away with the horses that the kings of Judah had dedicated to the sun at the entrance of the house of Adonai and the colonnades of the chamber of the officer, Nathan Melech. And he burned the chariots of the sun with fire. He's getting rid of everything false, guys. The king also tore down the altars made by the kings of Judah on the roof, the upper chamber of Ahaz, and the altars of Manasseh had made in the two courtyards of the house of Adonai. He smashed them suddenly. And there, and threw the dust into the Kidron Valley, the king also desecrated the shrines facing Jerusalem to the south of the Mount of Destruction, which King Solomon of Israel had built for Ashtoreth, and the abomination of Zidonians for Himosh, the abomination of Moab. Moab mimicked what Israel was doing. They looked just alike, but they profaned the covenants. And Milcom, the abomination of the Ammonites, he smashed the pillars and cut down the Asherah poles and filled their places with human bones. Guys, what do you think Yeshua is coming to do? I'm not telling you to go kill people. What I'm telling you to say, stop being so loving that you let people just tap dance on you. Guys, I'm saying to love with compassion, but look what he's saying. You should be zealous. Not compromising. Moreover, the altar that was it. Hmm. Now we're just bringing freedom of religion. It was never meant to be that. It was be freedom to serve and worship God, not all these religions. Moreover, the altar that was at Bethel and the shrine built by Jer- Jeroboam, son of Nebat, who caused Israel to sin, that altar 
and the shrine he demolished too. He burned the shrine and ground up the dust and burned up the Asherah. He's telling us to leave our idols. Then as Josiah looked around, he saw the burial caves there on the mountain. So he sent and took the bones out of the tombs and burned them on the altar, thus desecrating it as the word of Adonai, which the man of God proclaimed who foretold it. Look at it. It was a prophecy before. Then he asked, what is this monument I see? So the men of the town told him, it is the tomb of the man of God. Who do you think that is? It's, it's Amos. It was the tomb of the man of God who came from Judah and proclaimed these things that you have done to the altar of Bethel. Let him rest, he said. Let no one disturb his bones. So they left his bones undisturbed along with the bones of the prophet who came from Samaria. Josiah also removed all the shrines of the high places and the kings of Israel had built in the towns of Samaria to provoke. He did to them, just as has done in Bethel. All the priests of the high places there, he slaughtered. Guys, again, I'm not telling you to kill people. I'm telling you, you got to get rid of the sin and not compromise. Can't compromise. A time will come, Yeshua, the blood is going to be up to the, the, the horse's bird or the mouth. For many miles. He's got, he came as a gentle lamb, so none may perish or all come to repentance, but he's coming back as a fierce lion, roaring lion, to devour the enemies. You have a chance to repent. The king commanded all the people, saying, Celebrate the Passover to Adonai your God. Look what he's saying. Celebrate the Passover. As is written in the book of the covenant. For no Passover like this had been celebrated from the days of the judges who judged Israel in all the days of the kings of Israel and the kings of Judah. But in the 18th year of King Josiah, this Passover was observed for Adonai in Jerusalem. Moreover, Josiah got rid of the necromancers and the mediums, those reading tarot cards, fortune tellers, witches, And the detestable things that were seen in the land of Judah and in Jerusalem in order to confirm the words of the Torah that are written in the scroll that Hilkiah the Kohen found in the house of Adonai. Before him, there had never been a king like him. Notice that. Never been a king like him. Who turned to Adonai with all his heart and with all his soul and with all his might, according to the Torah of Moses, nor has any been king like him risen since. Look at that. Now let's go to um, Josiah was bold, but so was every man of God. Look at Acts 14, 13. He says, now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and figured out that they were laymen without training, they had no training, no formal education, they were amazed. They began to realize that these men had been with Yeshua. Are people seeing you right now? And like, he's been with Yeshua. I know he's walking with him. I know he's walking with him. This man's bold. He has courage. He has compassion. He has love. But yet he has courage like nobody else, zealous for the covenants of God. But he can see the compassion with mercy, tender heart for those that are broken, desiring to save them all. Like Yeshua does, not desiring no way to perish. All come to repentance. Look at Amos 5, 3 through 5. 
Look what he says. For thus says Adonai Elohim, the city that sends out a thousand will have a hundred left, and the one that sends out a hundred will have ten left. For the house of Israel, for thus says Adonai to, to the house of Israel, seek me and live, but do not go to Bethel, do not go to Gilgal, and do not cross over to Beersheba. For Gilgal will surely go into exile, and Bethel will come to trouble. Look what he says. Seek out an eye and live. Look at 10.18. They despise one who reproves at the gate. So they detest one who speaks with integrity. Therefore, because you trample on the poor, exacting from him a burden of grain, you build houses of hewn stone, but you will not dwell in them. You planted pleasant vineyards, but you will not drink their wine. For I know your crimes are many and the sins countless, afflicting the righteous, taking bribes. What does he think is going on in our courthouses, guys? And turning the needy aside at the gate. Those are truly seeking. We're turning aside. We're rushing to and from Beersheba, Gilgal, Bethel. There are different churches, different beliefs, different doctrines, different forms of worship. Different theologies, not according to the covenants of God. They might have mimicked it, but they're always different. Look what he says. Therefore, the prudent keeps silent at a time, as such a time, for it is this stressful time. Look what he's saying. What do you think he's telling us? Seek good and not evil, so you may live. And so Adonai, Aloha Zobayot, may be with you, just as you said, Hate evil and love good. Maintain justice at the gate. May Adonai Elohai Zavayot will extend his grace to Joseph's remnant. Therefore, thus said Adonai Elohai Zavayot, my Lord, there will be wailing in all the plazas and the streets, and they will say, alas, alas. Um, The farmer will be called to mourning along with those who knew the lamentation song. And all, all the vineyards will be wailing, for I will pass through your midst, Adonai spoken. Oi to you longing for the day of Adonai. What would it be for you? The day of Adonai will be darkness and not light. Guys, it's going to be a dark day, but a joyful time for many. Right? But every knee will bow. The glory will be so heavy, it will bear down on us. Who says the name is six. Three, four through seven. Dismissing the day, people are dismissing the day of calamity. You bring near the throne of violence, reclining on beds of ivory, sprawling on their couches, dining on the lambs of the flock, and the calves from amid the stall, chanting to the sound of the harp, they're just living rich, careless. Like David, inventing their own instruments of song, what do you think is going on today? Drinking wine from bowls, anointing the choice ointments. Yet they are not sickened over the breakdown of Joseph. Therefore now, they will go into exile at the head of the exile. Sprawling revelry will, will cease. Sprawling revelry. It's the parties. It's the barbecues. It's the eating and drinking with the drunkards. It's just going on like not, no worries. No cares. No cares. Look what he's saying here. Amos 8, 11 through 12. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord of Adonai. We now send famine on the land, not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of Adonai. So people will wander from sea to sea and roam from the north to the east, 
searching for the word of Adonai, but they will not find it. We are not humbling ourselves. That's why we're ignoring the things that's coming. Judgment will never overcome us. Guys, God may have mercy on us at certain times, but guess what? Just like the days of Jonah, they went right back to their sins. Judgment came. The city destroyed. They heard the word at first, but as the time went on, they rejected it. Pharaoh, he hardened his heart first. Look, this is going to get very... He hardened his heart first before the plagues. Exodus 7.13, yet Pharaoh's heart was hardened, so he did not listen to them, just as Adonai had said. Frogs, blood, gnats, and lice. The magicians acknowledged that it was the finger of God. Look at here. Notice that they could do all the same signs and wonders. How do you think the beast is able to deceive? They'll do the same. Mimic God. Exodus 8.15, but when the Pharaoh saw that there was relief, when he saw that there was relief, when God lighted up his hand, he hardened his heart. Guys, when the times of ease, when times where God has given us grace, the time he's lifting up his hand, it's not a time to just harden our hearts. When he gives us ease and grace, guys, now is a time to be even more on our guard. Watch our heart more diligently because the days are wicked. The days are dark. Many are running to or from. They're trying to steal that seed. The devil desires to sift you like we, as he said to Peter. We got to be on guard. Guard our hearts. Guard our minds. Guard our souls. Be careful what we see. Be careful what we hear. Be careful what our eyes see. Make sure you keep looking up. How many people say, well, I'll find faith when I return. We got to be looking up because everybody's hearts are failing them for fear. Why? Because they weren't ready with God. They weren't leaving like Lot. You weren't leaving like Abraham. They weren't rest at peace and tents like Abraham, sitting beside the trees of Aram. No. We're running to and from, gaining and seeking knowledge, but never coming to the knowledge of the truth. Dead. Hating reproof, hating rejection, hating correction. We can't love. That's what I'm saying some of you. I'm saying some of the people out there, the majority can't love. But they have the head knowledge. Where one's going straight to the head, is puffing us up. We got a shrunken skull, but a swollen head. And others, it goes straight to the heart, the emotions and feelings. It can't go to eat. Guys, this has to change. This has to be fully submitted to God. Our will, our desires, our passions, our lusts, our drive, everything has to be surrendered on the altar of God. Everything pagan, what do you think Josiah represents? Burning the, all the idols and altars. Burning it. Not leaving them there like other kings did. He was zealous, went through the land and destroyed them. You got to do it in your own heart, your own mind. You have to choose that. I can't do it, no can any other man do it for you. You got to choose it. He says, you go on speaking. You, you hear, but never hear. But how many are hearing? You got to be hearing the voice of God. You can't just hear a voice of man. You can't just hear anything in the things of the world. We got to get our eyes off the world and things back on God. Yes, there's times there's so much distraction, so much things going on in the world, but we have to keep looking up. Always, guys. Always. Look at, sent a plague on the, look at this. But when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and did not heed them. As the Lord had said, livestock, next in plague, was the livestock and animals and the boils and sores. This is everything that people desired. The health, their food. 
Guys, lats and lice, people have itching ears, but you're going to be itching a lot if you keep loving your sin. Itching ears means your passions and desires. What is pleasant, smooth words of flattery. God's words are not all peace. It smashes the idols in its peace. If we have flesh, we have idols in our hearts or our minds, we'll have no peace. We can't sit there and decorate our idols. Our sins, our passions, our desires, they must be burnt and destroyed, smashed. Exodus 9.12, but Adonai hardened the heart of Pharaoh. Why? He's gonna, he can harden your heart. He chooses who he softens, who he hardens. Why? Why? Because you choose to humble yourself before God or not. So he did not listen to them, just as Adonai said to Moses. You have a choice, but God will use you for evil, either evil or good. No matter what, you're, you're being used for prophecy, whether for the kingdom or the kingdom of the world. Hell or heaven. Exodus 33, 34. But when Pharaoh saw that the rain, the hail, and the thunder had ceased, he increased his sin. Look at that. When Pharaoh saw that the rain, the hail, and the thunder had ceased, he increased his sin. What do you think that's going, guys? We're just going on. We, we see the things, the warning signs. We see the things coming upon the earth. We're like, well, majority of the world's like, ah, that's not that bad. We just go back to our life. What do you think the coronavirus did? That was the time to get close to God. God showed me that people are going to go to and from and go back to their life. Numbers are decreasing. Places like Australia, they're sitting in their homes. So they're running to this word. Why? Because they know someone's coming, but doesn't mean they're going to stay. It's the moment it eases up. Let's go running back. Now is the time, use your time wisely, diligently, seeking the face of God that he may purify and cleanse you. Now is the time to seek the face of the Lord. Not tomorrow, not later. Today he gives grace. If you don't see this as grace, I don't know where your hearts and minds are. Things are going on right now, I don't know where your hearts and minds are. Maybe to focus on the world. Look what he says. Revelation 9.20, but the rest of mankind, those not killed by these plagues, did not repent and turn away from the works of their hands, your labors. They would not stop worshiping demons and idols of gold and silver and stone and wood. Look at that. Which cannot see or hear or walk. You're like, that's physical idols. Guys, it's everything in the world. Hail and locusts came in Exodus 19, 16. Then Pharaoh quickly called for Moses and Aaron and said, I have sinned against Adonai, your God, and against you. Look at that. Now, forgive my sin. He's asking for forgiveness. Look at this. Only this once, please. So pray to Adonai, your God, just so he takes away his death from me. What do you think people are doing today? God, forgive me of my sins. They're going right back to sin. It's not the time to, look what he's saying. But he hardened his heart the moment Moses prayed and the plagues left. The hardships left. 
We know Exodus 11, the next thing was death. It brought death to the firstborn children. And today we're even worse because we're killing our children. Not only by a vaccine, but by abortion. And you got people sitting here smiling happy about it. This is not a time to be humble, be, be quiet, but quiet in the face of God. But be bold. Well, we just got to love them because they're walking, tap dancing all over every single thing of our rights. But he said, why? Because he said they would conquer the lamb at first his people. But spiritually, is he going to conquer them? Never. They can kill your body, but be careful to one who can kill the body and the soul and send you into hell. We got to make sure that we know God. Nothing can send us to hell unless we choose. A tree can't be uprooted unless a man does it. Or God lays the axe to the tree. Otherwise, we'll keep soaking up the nutrients. Bearing fruit, in and out of season. Always ready, steadfast, firm. Don't let the plagues when the things get harder ease up. Don't ease up. That's the time to draw closer to God and get shut in with him more. God, search me. Search my heart. Search my mind. Search my soul. Am I right before you? Is there something that needs to be uprooted? Uprooted. Change it. He says in Exodus 12, to get a lamb without spot or blemish. Look at here. If the household is too small, your nearest neighbor. What do you think he's saying? If your household is small, grab your nearest neighbor. It's all sacrificed together. What do you think is not happening? We're gathering, but we're not smearing the blood of the lamb on the doorposts of our hearts. In fact, we're not even doing it to our homes. TVs are 99% of homes on their, their living rooms. You got some in the bedroom where you should be sitting there talking to your wife and your husband when you're watching Hollywood movies. You wonder why there's no peace of joy of God. Why do you have to go to a stupid church that is not preaching the word of God? Because Baal is sitting there. Asherah is sitting there. The lust, the desires, the pleasures, the temptations of this life. We wonder why judgment's coming. Father, you're yelling. If you've seen and heard the voice of God, I think you would be too. It's not that I'm yelling at anybody. It's the fact that I want people to get close to God. He is serious. Look what he says. Eat matzah and bitter herbs. Put the blood of the lamb on the doorpost. If any of the meat remains in the morning, burn it. It's to remove sin. Burn it. Yesterday's portion is not enough for today. We have to keep getting that. Living water. Revelation 14, 9 through 12. Look what he says. And another angel, a third one. <clears throat> followed them, saying in a loud voice, if anyone worships a beast in his image or receives a mark on his forehead or on the hand, he shall also drink the wine of God's fury poured of full strength into the cup of his wrath. And he shall be tormented with fire and brimstone before the holy angels and before the lamb. The smoke of their torment goes up forever and ever. Guys, that's eternity. People get into debates about that. It's for eternity. Those who worship the beast in his image, not just receiving the mark. It's those who worship the beast in his image. What do you think that is? 
Receive the mark in his name. Have no rest day or night. You have rest right now. Do you have peace right now? We should. That's the sign, guys. The sign of Jonah. Repent. Here is the perseverance of the Kedoshim, the righteous, those who keep the commandments of God and faith of Yeshua. It's both. In Daniel 5, Daniel was a man of God, where even in the busy, he was busy serving the king of Babylon. And the prophets, diviners, seers, and wise men, and those well-versed in the Bible, or in the knowledge of all the books, of all the wisdom going on in the world, they couldn't see the writing on the wall. While they drank from God's vessels, they brought out the vessels of God's temple. I was just talking about vessels earlier. What do you think in, in the, the harlot's doing? Drinking from the vessels. Everybody's drunk in the cup. Some are using God's vessels and drinking the cup. That's not even God. But they can't read the writing on the wall. Will you be able to read the writing on the wall when it comes? Are you not reading the signs now? You should be seeing it. The writing should be on the wall by the finger of God. If you can't read the finger of God's writing, you can't discern it. You can't read it. You can't interpret it. Where is it? It's time to get close. And they praise the gods made by gold, silver, bronze, iron, wood, and stone. What do you think the very things God's coming back to judge? What do you think the people are doing even now? What do you think they're doing in Revelation that he came to destroy all those things? But first the plagues are coming, then there's going to come a fall, a great fall. They called Daniel a man who prayed with God and served God. He was shut in. God laid his heart on him. Look at this. Despite the lies and the hate of those who were mad, that he still prayed to God instead of worshiping King Nebuchadnezzar, he still respected, which is in the image of the beast in the world system. That's a representation. Verse 14. I have heard about you, how a spirit of the gods is in you, and how there has been found in you insight, discernment, and extraordinary wisdom. You think Daniel thought he had wisdom? You think he had prophecy? He had discernment? He was humble before God. They came to him. He didn't have to pronounce it. We got today, prophet this, apostle this. Great. Great. And you think they see? They can't read the writing on the wall and hear those people following them. Verse 15, just now the wise men and diviners were brought before me to read this writing and to make its meaning known to me, but they were unable to declare its interpretation. Why? They're worshiping the idols of gold and silver, iron and wood, the things in the world. The resources of the world that people follow are backed by these things. Money is backed by these things. Houses are built by these things. Businesses are built by these things. Everything we see in the world is built by these resources. Afterwards, some of the men became angry and jealous after all that and tried to find fault of dishonesty with Daniel. Some, of you, some people are sitting here plotting, plotting, waiting for this to pounce on somebody because somebody's, oh, they made an error right there. Let's jump on them. That's not loving. Look what he's saying. Watch the jealousy. Watch the envy. Watch your heart. Look at this. Find dishonesty with Daniel and later threw him into the lion's den. Daniel 6, verse 14. Then they answered and said to the king, Daniel, 
Who is the one in the, of the exiles from Judah pays no attention to you, O king? Or to decree that you put it in writing. He still prays three times a day. Even though the kings just said, stop. Today we have churches doing it and they're saying, just stop. And we're just like, oh, no big deal. Verse 25, at the king's commands. Guys, we don't even have to. We're just being distracted. They don't even have to tell you to stop praying. People are already doing it because they're so distracted. Verse 25, at the king's commands, those men who had maliciously accused Daniel, after he's thrown to the lion's den, and the lion's mouths were shut by God. He'll also do it for you. Were brought and thrown into the lion's den, they, their children, and their wives. Look at that. The king, Nebuchadnezzar, brought their kids, wives, and everyone that deceived them. Why? Because they had harshness like them. That's why God said, get rid of these things. And the children, why? Because their children was so wicked. Why do you think you got kids dressing up as transsexuals? They say, you can't say that. California will tell me right now to kick me right out of that state. Go before the king right there and tell him the same thing. I'm not going to be like those three men that didn't bow down to the idol of Nebuchadnezzar. And guess what? Nebuchadnezzar later respected it and defended him. Pixie Brown found favor. He's able to read the writing on the wall. You got to read the writing on the wall. You can't just wait for somebody else when nobody else has the word. Nobody can read the, the, the writing, has the sermon, has the wisdom, has the understanding to read the writing on the wall by God. What is going on in these times? Hearts fail them for fear. You got to be able to read the writing on the wall. You have to read it. You have to know God. And get a word from him because you are shut in. Though you're working in this world like Daniel was, he still found time and set his heart on the kingdom. Why did God set his heart on him? He was shut in. There's no mystery. They had not even reached the bottom of the pit before the lions overpowered them and crushed all their bones. Verse 26, and King Darius wrote to all the peoples, the nations and the languages, Babylon, in all the earth, may your peace be abundant. I issue a decree that in all the dominion of the kingdoms, people are to tremble with fear before the God of Daniel. One man stood, was shut in with God. You got to be that. Just like what Josiah, the woman, the prophetess, was sudden shut in with God. Quiet, humble, submissive, not loud, not domineering. She was listening. we got to be shut in with God and have the word at the right time, the point in time. If you don't, you're going to fall. You're going to be running when everybody else is running, fleeing when everybody else is reasoning. What he says, what he's saying to the prophets, you'll run one way and they'll continue to chase you. You hide in the clefts, they'll dig you out. There's no hiding before, before God's spirit. Even David said it. Nor hiding from the enemies because God will cause those people to be like dogs sniffing you down. It's like a police dog chasing you. You're not going to, you're going to get caught. Tremble in fear before the God of Daniel. For he is the living God, enduring forever. His kingdom will never be destroyed. Look at this. King Darius, his dominion will never end. He delivers and rescues. He performs signs and wonders in the heavens and on earth. He has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. He gave acknowledgement from God alone. 
Look what he's saying. Daniel 9.3. Look what he says. So I set my face to the Lord God to seek him by prayer and supplication. With fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. He set his face to seek God. There's physical as there is spiritual fasting. We don't want to be in sackcloth and ashes. Then there's some doing it today, putting on sackcloth for a great video. You won't have to film everything, do you now? Watch out for everybody filming everything. Not everything's meant to be filmed. Sometimes you got to stand before God or somebody and not film anything. Nor let everything you'd be, you do be known. In Daniel 10, a vision came to him while the men that were with him fled. They could not see the vision, but they felt the trembling. Who came? Yeshua. Why could they not see the vision? Likewise, many cannot see the visions from God today, nor here because of sin. Why do you think these men fled? They're fearful. They're in sin. There was no other way. Daniel stood and seen it. They heard it. They felt the trembling, and they fled and hid themselves. What do you think Adam and Eve did? Hid themselves. You're naked before God no matter how much you try to cover up anything. Nehemiah was a businessman. Yet a praying man who gave up all for the sake of the destroyed and lost in ruins, he gave up everything. Chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. They said to me, the remnant who had survived the, the captivity there in the province are in great distress and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem is broken down and its gates have been burned with fire. Upon hearing the words, these words, look what he says. Look at here. Guys, this is important. I sat down and wept and mourned for days. Nehemiah did not have his mindset in business any longer. He waited patiently and kept working until it came. Upon hearing the news, he sat down, wept, and mourned for days. A man that was shut in with God, a man that heard God, I prayed and fasted before the God of heaven. He admitted that we all sinned against you, acted corruptly against you. And your covenants have not kept your laws, your statutes and rulings that you gave to Moses. He said in verse 8 and 9, please recall the word that you commanded your servant Moses. He's recalling his word because he loved his word. Remind God, talk to God in this way. Saying, if you act unfaithfully, I will scatter you among the peoples. But if you return to me and obey my mitzvot and do them, then even if your dispersed people are at the ends of the at the are at the ends of the heavens, I will gather them from there and bring them back to the place where I've chosen for my name to dwell. Verse ten and eleven: There are your servants and your people whom you redeemed by your great strength and by your mighty hand. Please, my Lord, let your ear be attentive to my prayer of your servant and to your prayer of your servants who delight in revering your name. Fear and awe and reverence and respect. Give your servant success today and grant permission in the presence of this man. Take a look at Ezra. 
Ezra 7.10, for Ezra had set his heart to seek the Torah of Adonai. To observe and to teach his statutes and the ordinances in Israel. Ezra was a man that was hearing. While people were building the wall, some were sleeping and resting. While some were standing on guard at the same time, night and day, the work did not continue. The mockers and scoffers came. I will tell a lie about this. I'll tell a lie about this. They kept building and disregarded it. Even the threat, they went to the king and told a lie like they did to Daniel. The king and Daniel. What did they do? Kept building the work of God. The work of God doesn't stop. Some are resting at times. There's times of silence and there's times of building and working. There's time to be on guard. Always on guard. Always have your sword. Always have your armor up. Always prepared. Not worried about what the, the, the mockers and the scoffers outside trying to say, hey, come talk to me. How many people do that? Come talk to me. Watch out for those that are distracting you, taking you away from God. Watch out. It can be family. It can be friends. It can be coworkers. Don't set your heart on their ways. You are to stand firm and not compromise, not waver to the left or right, even if the world's doing. God sent hope. A man from the desert named John who did not care about the business, the commercialism, the praise of men, positions who was supposed to be the high priest, nor a follower. He remained alone in the desert, eating locusts and honey, content, seeking the face of God until his appointed time. There's a point in time for everything, a time to be quiet, time to be silent, time for war, and a time for peace. you got to know what time and all things, what we have to do. John 1.19. This is John's testimony. When Judean leaders sent Kohanim and the Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, who are you? He openly admitted and did not deny. He admitted, I am not the Messiah. What then are you, Elijah? They asked him. I am not, said John. Are you the prophet? No, he answered. So they said to him, who are you? Give us an answer for those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? He said, I am the voice of one crying out from the wilderness. Make straight the way of Adonai as the prophet Isaiah said. He's crying out. Why do you think he was in the wilderness? Guys, if you don't remember my sermon from earlier, the wilderness. Said in Proverbs 3. In all your ways, acknowledge him. My son, do not forget my teaching, but let your heart keep my mitzvah for the length of days and your years of life. And shalom, they will add to you. Let kindness and truth never leave you. Bind them around your neck. Write them on the tablet of your heart. Then you will gain favor and a good name in the eyes of God and man. Trust in Adonai with all your heart. Lean on your own understanding, your emotions, your feelings. Don't be so quick to point the finger and disregard anything. Listen. In all your ways, acknowledge him and you'll make your path straight, not left or right, straight. The narrow gate, the path to destruction is broad. Many find it, but the path is narrow on the gate to God and very few find it. Why? This is a secret, guys. He's telling you right here. Trust in and I with all your heart. He says, verse 7, do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear Adonai and turn away from evil. It will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor Adonai. What did you think Josiah did? Burn the bones. That means your dust, your ashes will not be rest no matter what. 
But he's saying it will be healing to your body and refreshment to your bones. Honor Adonai with your wealth and with the first of your, your entire harvest. And your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. My son, never despise Adonai's discipline or dread his correction. For Adonai loves those he reproves. Don't take it as hate that somebody's reproving you. Not everybody does it with the right heart. And you will know. But check yourself, see if it's really from God. You know if you don't have peace or you do. Many are seeking just to be right because they have gain in their belly, gain in their minds, gain in their hearts. They're not seeking to point you to God. They're seeking to gain favor from man and others. They think they're doing the work of God, but he said many will think they're doing the work from God, but they're not. I said, never despise Adonai's discipline or dread his correction. For Adonai loves those he reproves, even as a father, the son in whom he delights. Happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. For her trade value is better than silver and her yield better than fine gold. Look at he's saying, this is better than all these things that people are worshiping. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire compares to her. Length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways on her paths are shalom. She is a tree of life to those who embrace her and blessed will be all who hold firmly to her. By wisdom, I deny founded the earth. By understanding, he established the heavens. This is word, guys. By his knowledge, and the deeps were divided and the clouds dripped dew. My son, hold on to sound wisdom and discernment and do not let them out of your sight. They will be life to your soul and an ornament of grace around your neck. Then you'll walk on the way in safety and your foot will not stumble. You will not stumble in the paths. He's a stumbling block to the wicked, wicked, but the righteous do not trip. Be careful that you stand, that you don't fall. Stay in the grace and mercy of God. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Have no fear of sudden terror or of the devastation of the wicked when it comes. For Adonai will be your confidence and he'll keep your foot from a snare. Do not withhold good from those whom it is due. When it is your power to act and do not say to your neighbor, come back later, I'll give it tomorrow. Somebody came to your door and said, I need food, I need this. You're going to go back to bed? When you have it with you, do not plot evil against your neighbor while he lives trustfully beside you. Do not quarrel with the man for no reason if he has done you no harm. Do not envy a violent man or choose any of his ways. For the devious are detestable to God, Adonai, but he delights in the upright into his confidence. Adonai's curse is on the wicked house, but he blesses a righteous home. Though he scoffs at the scoffers, he gives grace to the humble. The wise inherit honor, but the fools are held up in disgrace. John 4, 19 through 24, he says, Sir, the woman tells him, I see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worship on this mountain, but you will say that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Yeshua tells her, woman, believe me, an hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You'll worship what you, you worship what you do not know. How many will hear that today? You worship what you do not know. For salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming, it is here now, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. 
For the Father is seeking such people as his worshipers. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. You've got to know the truth. This truth will set you free. You'll never be free. Those the Son sets free is free indeed. But the truth will set you free. If it's a lie, you will not be free. And those that aren't free have to find things in the world to distract themselves. You'll begin to hate it, everybody. What he says, Ephesians 1, 13 through 14, after you heard the message of truth, the good news of your salvation, and when you put your trust in him, you're sealed with the promise of Rakhakodesh. He is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of his possession to his glorious praise. Uh, Ezekiel 9, 4 through 5, I, did, I said to him, go throughout the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, make a mark on the foreheads of the people, sigh and moan over the abominations that are committed in it. To the others he said in my hearing, go through the city after him and strike and show no pity or compassion. That's the day of the Lord. Revelation 9, 4. They were told to do no harm to the grass of the earth or to any green plant or the tree, but only to people who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. 2 Peter 2, 7 through 8. He rescued Lot, a righteous man, deeply troubled by the shameless immorality of the wicked. For that righteous man, while living among them, was tormented in his righteous soul. Day after day, by the lawless deeds he saw and heard, John 6, 27, he says, do not labor for food which perishes, but for food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him. 2 Timothy 2, 19. Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows who, those who are his and let everyone who who names the name of the Lord, keep away from unrighteousness. Revelation 24, then I saw at the thrones and people sat upon them, those to whom authority to judge was given. And I saw the souls of those who had been beheaded because of their testimony for Yeshua, because of the word of God. They had not worshiped the beast or his image, nor had received the mark on their foreheads or the right hand. And they came to life and reigned with Messiah for a thousand years. Guys, look what he's saying. What do you think the, be- this, the image of the beast is, guys? If he upheld the strongholds, the business, the trade, the commerce, these things which God destroyed in Revelation 18, 17 and 18, what do you think he's saying? For some, this ain't going to hit anybody. But for some, they're here. Psalm 27, 14. Wait for Adonai, be strong. Let your heart take courage and wait for Adonai. Psalm 31, 23 to 24. Love the Lord, all his faithful people. The Lord preserves those who are true to him, but the proud he pays back in full. Be careful you don't look at our people as proud. You gotta make sure you're not proud in your heart. Be strong and take heart, all who hope in the Lord. Remember, David was a bold man saying, who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And you have to remember this. And he laid down the armor of man and the man made weapons and swords and defeated Goliath and the Philistines. By his faith in God with his own, 
with his own weapons that God, he trusted in God with. Notice he didn't use other people's weapons and strength. He stood set apart. Why? Because he knew the power of God, that God would deliver him in all things. While everyone mocked him and were scared, he also never desired to be king or a leader, nor fight against Saul. Even when everybody else in the cave were telling him, now's your time to see Saul. David didn't listen. He cut off the garments. And after Saul and his men left, he cried out to Saul, David, my son, is that you? He showed him the garments. He said, you're more righteous than me. Sad part is, Saul hated David. When he was far apart, but when he was near, he loved him. We cannot be double-minded. Hate your brother when he's far or near, or your sisters. Because God is going to look. He's testing the hearts and minds. He knows each of us. We hate our brothers and our sisters. It's, it's important to pray. What do you think David did? Everyone that was looking up to David, he didn't want to be king. He was ready to hide. He was hiding in the caves. People say, but David, David was a man. He was rich. So God wants us rich. Come on, guys. See, David was an adulterer and he was a murderer. You haven't been? Point the finger at him and we excuse our own sin. But we don't see that the weeping and ashes and sackcloth that David was in. His son, his own son rose up against him, his own household. Said, Absalom, I would have given you my whole empire. I would have given you the kingdom. But he died because of his righteous pride. It's jealousy, it's envy. We can't have that for each other. Oh, Absalom. What do you think Yeshua would have done to Judas? Oh, Judas. But Judas is hanging from a tree. Guys, we can't be in anguish all day long. None of us can bear that. Bear that. Nobody can bear that. It's hard for the bones. It's hard for the emotions. It's hard for the health. We cannot be in anguish all the time, but what we can be, we have to be in joy. Two, but there's anguish, guys. We have to be both. We can't bear the burden that Yeshua did wholeheartedly, but we can try. Yeshua had joy, but he had anguish. Brother. Look what he says. Keep your, eyes fo- keep your eyes focused, guys, because joy came by an announcement in Israel. By an announcement. Joy came by an announcement in Israel. So shouldn't we be joyful? We can't be joyful, guys, if we're still have things in the world. Just a distraction. Just a distraction. Remember, true peace, joy, and power comes after great anguish and tearing of the heart. 
You can never have it. You can never have it unless that's happening. We, this must be removed. Only he can come and fill a man that is truly dead. Dead on the cross, crucified and resurrected with him. There was no other way. I'm not saying this life is easy. But what is there in this life that's worth holding on to? Guys, there was once a time when life makes sense, and now I look at it, I'm like, this doesn't make sense. Who am I becoming? Who are we becoming? We don't know. But he says when he appears, we'll be like him. Her garments must be pure white. Do we know what that means? Are we looking down and looking at ourselves, looking in the mirror, seeing a reflection of Yeshua who's pure white? We seeing the spots and the blemishes on our gowns. Are we going in the world, tripping and falling in the dust? It's time to get back up and go. Why do you think people, the Jews, always went in the mikvahs? They didn't understand what John was doing. He came crying out in the desert. They went back to get purified again and again. But some today don't even want to go back. They want to be purified once. Better for the man not know, know the path of righteousness than known it, than depart from it. But better for him not known it. Don't go back to sin. This world has nothing to offer, but you got to see it. I can't tell you that. God has to show you. He's blessed are you because God revealed this to you in heaven. Yeshua couldn't even reveal it. He can only reveal what's in our hearts are soft. We're ready to receive. We're ready to look for him. There's things that still need to be removed from us. We need to be sanctified. We need to be purified. We need to be changed. We need to be shaped and molded. The potter... He is a potter, we are the clay, but if we become, we don't have the living water to water to shape and mold us, we'll become cracked, chipped, pots that hold no living water, useful for nothing good. We must to become that place of rest and solitude and peace and hearing his voice. God, thank you for what you have done. Come into my life, change me. Purify me, shape me, mold me into your image. Let my hearts and the desires, my eyes only be on you and set on your ways and nothing else. Anything unpleasing, remove it. Anything that belongs, bring it to life. Anything that needs to die, bring it to death. God is looking for hearts that are like him, that have their hearts set on eternity, not on the temporary. God wants to draw each, every single person close to him. He wants to give them peace and sound mind. He wants to give them rest and joy. You look at these men that were able to do such a thing. Walk with such a burden. And such a love. You think the prophets wanted to go out and yell? They think they wanted to say these things? 
they'd rather be alone with God. But there's a time to come out of a cave, a time for work, time for peace. There's a time for everything. God is calling some of us to that right now. But we must be in that place and hear it and seek him with our heart, soul, and mind and return to his covenants with pure hearts. Our consciousness be cleared before him. God loves each of you. But are we loving him the same? He gave us love that no man can ever give, nothing in this world. So why are we giving love to so, so many things that don't, don't that's not, God's love is not in it. God's love is pure. It fills us. It gives us power and weakness. It gives us joy in our meekness. It gives us love and grace and peace. We can't run the things that will never bring that. In quietness and rest and stillness, you'll find him. But he says many were not willing. Guys, don't just let receive this message and let it go out the door. Don't let it go out the door. My burden for the people is heavy. No man can carry the burden he carried. That's something I have to praise. He listened fully submitted to God for his will and God's glory. John only lasted six months in his ministry, Yeshua about three years. Guys, it's time to truly seek it with our hearts and mind. Let's go to prayer. We can't look back, guys. We can't look back. God, I pray to you right now that, God, you will continue to sanctify us and purify us and shape us into your image and mold us, that we'll have joy but filled with anguish at times. That, God, we will know your love and your grace and your truth, that we'll be shut in with you, that we'll no longer waver, be tossed into from the, any waves of deception or any other doctrine or theology or any other message or word that is not from you, that we'll be attentive to set our ears attentive to your word and set our hearts, souls, and mind in praying to you and seeking you diligently every single day. I pray for these souls. Not only those here, but those who are watching, they're going to watch. I pray for each of them, God, that you will strengthen them, that you will purify them, that, God, you will have mercy and forgiveness on each of us, that those that receive this, that, God, that those who are seeking you, that you will give us peace and rest of mind, that we will be humble before you. God, that nothing will come in and take what you have given us, that no seed will, it will, it will no, nothing will uproot that seed that you have planted in us. Give us peace, give us rest, and give us joy. And let's always be ready from now until eternity, until you come back, that you will search our hearts and our minds and remove anything that doesn't belong and give life to things that do, that is pleasing to you. Anything that is not pleasing, let it all be removed. 
Forgive those, God, that are seeking, that are desperate, that those that are hungry for your word, that God, they're crying out for you, that they will have a peace and a rest of mind, that God, you will give them steadfast rest, steadfast in your words and obeying your commandments with a love and a joy, and not by works, but by your grace, because of the faith we have in you. We pray for your strength. We pray for the endurance. We pray for you to fill each of our hearts and minds with your love and your compassion, your truth, and your grace that will never waver and stay on the narrow path. Let us continue to look up always and forever. Yeshua's name, amen.